0: Your Bibles. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 14. Amen. Want to look at a sermon entitled "Discerning the Call" this evening. Looking at uh, the episode of Peter once again walking on the water, but uh, you know he was always very impetuous. In other words, he acted. Um, impulsely. He had an impulse to say things without thinking. And uh, that's just the way he was. We find it out in scripture. But at the same time in this example um, he clearly discerns what Jesus wants before he steps out on the boat. Amen. Out of the boat. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14. Let's look Pick it up in verse number 25 to 29. The Bible says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, said, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. I want to look at discerning the call this evening. First thing I want to consider is the danger of self-will. And that's a common issue as well this evening is self-will. That's where we want what we want. Amen. It's our desires, our plans. We want miracle power. To help us fulfill our plans. (laughs) And, uh, you know, our attitude in prayer is like, you know, my will be done. God, you provide the power for what I want or for what I think is best. And so, in all reality, that's simple idolatry. You do know that. That, that's what that is. It's you, using supernatural power to get what we want. But now our will is the idol. The idol, the thing that we're worshiping, is what we want. How many know that God knows what you need, when you need it? He knows better than you and I. Amen. And he's a good father. Amen. But saying that, we... We want what we want because, well, we think best and what we think would really help us. And, if you know, God, if you could just do this for me, uh, life would be a lot better. So pursuing our own will, many times without asking what God wants, can be an issue. Issue in our lives, amen. It can really bring trouble. Because many times people do what they know is wrong. It's, it's just simple disobedience. In other words, this is going to work out somehow. I, I don't know how it's going to work out, but it, it's going to work out. Amen. We're expecting God to help us. We're expecting God to fix things that we know are wrong in the first place. Amen. The proverbial thing that I've seen over the years, and this never changes, is people who are saved, born again by the blood washed by Jesus, and yet it comes to a place where they pursue someone in marriage who's not saved. It's proverbial. I've seen it so many times. I, 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 I could just catalog the number of times. Many times they push it through and they get married and then it's, God bless my marriage. What you're asking is you're asking God to bless your disobedience. Oh, you know, he's a great guy. He's, he's so nice. And, you know, he went to church when he was younger. He knows all about Jesus. He's a little bit off a little bit right now. He's not quite going to church and all. You know, you know it's like, is he saved? You know, he's this close. <laughs> that close. Is he saved? Well, I believe in God. So you're going to marry someone who's not saved. Total disregard for scripture. Total disregard for God's will. You don't know all that's going on in the future. You don't know who God has, who God doesn't. You, know, you don't know any of that stuff. If you'll even never be married. Many times that's what it is. It's like... <gasps> what you're asking is you're asking God to bless your disobedience. There's moving beyond God's will or moving beyond God if you will. Much trouble's caused when people fail to discover God's will and they move beyond that. It's not really direct disobedience, but sometimes it's just getting beyond God. Think about the city of Ai in the Old Testament. Joshua and Israel, they, destroy, they, they conquered Jericho. But we know that Achan hid some of the spoil. And you know, as we read the scriptures, we understand God's not going to help them with AI. They go against AI, but the one thing they did not do was pray. If they would have prayed. If Joshua said, God, what do you think we should do? But he, he had it all assumed. He said, oh, it's a small city. We'll send half the troops. This is what we're going to do. But he never inquired of God. If he would inquired of God, God would have said, you know, before we do anything here, there's sin in the camp. But they immediately, they attack Ai. They don't ask. They assume. And it results in a defeat. you got Abraham and Sarah. You know, they, you know here they are. They're, they're assuming that, you know, what they're about to do, you know, they're allowing their flesh to dominate their decisions, what they're doing, and sure enough, you know, you got Abraham and Hagar, they have an Ishmael, and from that time on, caused vexation and trouble from the day that woman got pregnant. Oral Roberts had a hospital on his campus years ago, and he just went ahead and decided to build a 5,000-bed hospital when he already had a hospital where he had 1,500 more beds than he currently needed. But, you know, spiritualized everything for whatever reason. You know what I'm saying? He was getting a little bit squirrely there. And um, he builds his hospital, you know, because God's going to make it work. God's going to take care of everything. falls into financial problems and ends up selling the hospital later on down the road. And it's like, but, you know, no, no thought of, you know, laying hold of God, no thought of believing God, just really spiritualizing what I want to do anyways. Peter, he didn't leap out of the boat. He didn't jump out and say, you walking on water, I'll walk on water. He didn't do that. He... He wisely asked what God's will was. Bid me to come. Now it's in God's hands. Jesus could have said, no, you stay right there. But he didn't, did he? He said, come. And so when he jumped out of the water, out of the boat, rather, he stepped onto the water and he started walking on the water. But he made a simple statement, amen, or decision, if it's your will, Bid me to come. You know, the devil, we we always have to throw a slant on the devil. He's in here somewhere. (laughs) You know, he he takes Jesus up on the pinnacle of the temple, amen, and says, throw yourself off and God will catch you. Well, God can catch you. That's true. Amen. Amen. But really what he's saying is, throw yourself off, then God has to catch you. In other words, you have to force God's hand. I'm going to jump off at his temple, and God, you have to catch me because your word says. But you know what? He didn't jump, obviously. But my point is, is that, listen, you know, I know what God can do anything. I understand that too. God can do miracles. God can change things. He can put things back together. But you know, when you step into some things and just do what you want to do, expecting God to do that, don't be shocked if it doesn't go the way you want it to go. Because, in quite honesty, amen, many times what we're doing is we're just exercising our self-will. So let's consider the call of God, discerning the call. Because God does bless his will. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6 says. God blesses his will. 1 John 5, 14, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So God's work done God's way will always have God's supply, God's help, amen, God's intervention. Peter, he knew this, amen. He, he, he knew this, this key to success anyway, or this key to miracle power, amen. Find out what God wants. Because you know what? What you want and what God wants might not be the same thing. Bid me to come, if that's what you want, God. Then I'll step out. I mean, think about it. Peter's, he's not new to this, right? Mount of Transfiguration. Moses and Elijah are talking to Jesus. And immediately, Peter, once again, speaks up. Oh, let's build three tabernacles. And what are you talking about? God doesn't even address it. You just hear the voice come out of heaven. This is my beloved son. Hear him. Not your own self-will, Peter. Hear him. What's the will of God? When Jesus said, I'm going to go to the cross, which is the will of God. Not so, Lord. You ain't going. You devil. Get behind me. You're an offense. You're not mindful of things of God. You're mindful of things of man. Self-will was playing out in there. See, this is a crucial part of life and a crucial part of praying this morning is discovering the will of God, asking God to do His will. 2 Samuel 5, 19, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hands? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hands. You'll notice David was very clever. In his battles. Time and time again he would pray. Even after winning a battle. Lord shall we go up? Yeah go up. But this time don't go forward. Go around the mulberry tree if you will. Go around behind them and so on and so forth. God would even give him strategy. Because he would pray. He never assumed the next battle. Constantly won. Constantly had had, uh, dominion over his enemy. Why? Because he always asked God. He always asks God, is this your will? Should I attack the Philistines or not? This involves developing, for you and I, a sensitivity, if you will, to the voice of God. Sensitivity is just simply the ability to recognize God's voice. Because you know and I know God does speak. God God does speak to you and I, amen. And that... The only only way you can develop this sensitivity is is having a relationship with God. This is where it comes. The closer to God you get, the easier it is to recognize His voice. Psalms 37, 4 and 5, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him and He will do this. Because your desires will line up with God's desires. Your heart will be filled with God's purposes as you draw closer to God, amen, or draw close to God in your times. John 15, 7, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. One man said, he who does not pray when the sun shines will not know how to pray when the clouds roll in. See, Peter knew Jesus, and he asked Jesus' will. Amen. Then he steps out and does something that's just totally outrageous. He walks on water. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, every new convert wants to walk on water. I used to think about that. Man, if I could walk on water, that would impress my friends. (laughs) Then they get saved, big mouths. <laughs> Stop harassing me. But <clears throat> it was never the will of God. So, <laughs> but, it was, but that's what Peter did. He, he, he asked God. I mean, it's like, you show off walking out. No, he asked God. And Jesus said, go ahead, get out of the boat, come. Praise God. Discerning the voice of God. Let's look thirdly. At the truth of timing this evening. Because <clears throat> there are many things in the Christian life that, first of all, are always God's will. They're always, you know, like salvation. Now is the acceptable time. Today is the day of salvation. Witnessing. You don't have to pray and ask God, God, should I witness to that person? No, they they need to hear the gospel. It's always open season. But the kingdom of God does involve timing. And you find this, that God is a time God. el olam is the phrase. It's the, one of the names of God, Al-Olam. It means the time God. That things are work, they work well at the correct time. Jesus made this statement in John 7, 8. So you go to the feast, he said, but I will, go, uh, I will, I will not go yet to the feast, because the right time for me has not yet come. So Jesus understood timing. You know, when Jesus came on the scene, he came according to God's time. He died according to God's time. Everything, God works on a, he has a calendar somewhere. I'd love to see it, but I ain't gonna. (laughs) He does have a calendar. He's gonna come back at the appointed time. There's going to be a time when he's going to wrap everything up. And man, mankind loves to guess all the time, but it's in his time. Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And many problems are caused simply by acting too soon or not waiting. Proverbs 20.21 an inheritance may be gotten hastily at the beginning, but the end thereof shall not be blessed. And so Proverbs is giving us some wisdom, amen, that there's times involved in life. There's seasons in life. Here's one that, that well, let me read it. Song, Song of Solomon, 727. Women of Jerusalem, promise me by the gazelles and the deer not to awaken or excite my feelings of love until it is ready. Talking about sexuality, amen. Don't stir it up before marriage. A lot of problems come after that. Causes a lot of damage. Time and time again. The devil tempts us in the arena of timing. Trying to get us to move ahead of God. If you're the son of God, he said to Jesus, turn these stones into bread. Listen, Jesus could turn stones into bread. He turned water into wine. He took spit on the ground, made a bit of mud, put on a guy's eye, said, go wash, and he could see. He took a few loaves of bread and fed 5,000 people, a couple of fish, and fed them fish as well. Two-course meal. Much as you want. All you can eat. And had some left over. So he could turn stones into bread, but he ain't going to do this here just because here's a devil trying to get him to do something that what's the point, first of all? But the point is, what about timing? He said he took him up on a high place, right? He showed him all the kings of the world. He said, these could be yours if you bow down. And he could have bowed down. He could have said, yes, well, let's make a deal. But you see, three and a half years later, he died on the cross and rose from the dead, and it was all his anyways. See, it was only a matter of time. See, God's power is activated when we act on God's will and God's time. You've heard Pastor Mitchell make a statement. He said the kingdom of God is certain people doing certain things in certain places at certain times. Ecclesiastes 311, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And this is when it works, amen. God helps us. Power is activated. There's a timing to God. Is it time yet, Gehazi? Here's Gehazi. He runs after Naaman, who's just been healed of leprosy. Naaman wants to bless Elisha with all this you know, financial you know, kickback, if you will. And Elisha says, no. He says, no, just know that there's a God in Israel. And, you know, Naaman was touched and he takes off and that greedy little Gehazi runs after him and gets, some, you know, gets his 401k or something. I don't know what he's after. He gets himself a handful of money, comes back and says, you know, did not my heart go with you, Gehazi? Is it time? He's not against Gehazi being blessed. He's not against anyone blessed. But he said there's a timing to this Gehazi and you missed it. And now the leprosy that was on him is now going to be on you. And you read about Gehazi later, you know what he's doing? He just talks about what God used to do. But he's not doing it anymore. There's a timing to what God does. Is it time yet? Think about Caleb. 40 years he waited to take the land. And at 80 years old, he could still defeat giants and armies. Amen. Amen. Time. So listen, our story teaches us some truths as I close. Obviously, find out God's timing because sometimes it's just not time yet. But one of the things is Peter said, Bid me to come. Is it your will? And is it now? Amen. Let's bow our heads this evening. Discerning.